It is 9.38, and joining me now, our good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, good morning, Master Gardener Karen. Yes. What a great morning it is, too. It's so nice. Nice but it's it's going to get changed. In fact, last night I did go out and in the gardens I watered everything well because I know I don't have a chance during the day. And if you have anything that's kind of dry, you might want to get it out now before it gets too hot and make sure they've got some water. I had some. We haven't had rain in a while because my rain barrels have been empty for a bit, and so my. Uh, Celosia, those those flowers, they were actually starting to wilt because they'd been so dry, and you know I hadn't been watering them regularly. So, sure. um, and that's an annual, and annuals need more water because they have more shallow roots. True. Yes. So, yeah. And my grass yeah. is getting very crispy too. I know some people water it all the time. Uh, I'm hoping we get rain now because generally your turf grass around here it'll go dormant, but it's not going to kill it. So I mean, people a lot of times just want it green all the time, and and I think it wastes a lot of water. You know, I, I I was just, I was so desperate for rain. I have emptied four of my six barrels now, and so I had a little talk with God, and I said, God, I know how busy you are and what big problems you have, but we sure would like some rain, if that's possible. I'm so. the same. I emptied all four of mine, and so I started using the hose, and you know, you and I are both kind of like that. Well, if we have to use the hose, we feel like we're, we're wasting water, so. Well, you know, and it's, it's not as good for the plants either. Right. When it comes out of there and it is so cold and it just sprays all over, you really can't control it like you can when you're using a, a watering pail. So, but here on uh, where I live on Rita Road, we have no water today. Uh, they turned off the water at 8 o'clock this morning and they're hoping to get oh. it back by, by noon. And so I thought, well, you know, isn't it great? I still have two rain barrels yes. that are full. And uh, so I went out, and I, I watered last night. I watered again this morning, and mostly uh, what I was doing was rewatering pots. Mm-hmm. The pots just seem to dry out so quickly. And I generally do mine at least a couple times a day sometimes in this heat, but I also add a weak solution of, of, um, of some type of a fertilizer because they otherwise it leaches out and I hear I see a lot of people now complaining saying you know two to three weeks ago my petunias or whatever in the pots look so great and now they look terrible well if you haven't been all along adding something I mean they use up they use the nutrients up and also I have given mine a severe haircut I cut my yeah. uh, super tunias back way back and and within a few days they're blooming again you know I'm glad you mentioned the petunias and I don't know if all of our listeners have kept up with some of the newer petunias, but if you're buying petunias in the spring and they look great and they're short and they, they've got lots of blooms on them, and then after a while they do get leggy and they they don't shed the uh, spent blooms, they look it, they just don't look good. Well, actually, we have better petunias now. Oh, yes. The newer introductions are so much better. They don't get leggy like that, and they shed their spent blossoms. You don't have to spend a lot of time. You still have to water them, and you still have to add fertilizer. That's true. But but there are new and improved varieties of petunias on the market. And you'll know, definitely notice the, the ones. Like I said, mine, and I, I will... I will continue to recommend this. Look for the Vista series. The Vista series just produce and produce and produce. And I mean, 
they're just and they've got new um, varieties, some smaller ones, Barb. I don't know if you've seen, but some of them have like the stripes on them and things. So there's some more variety. It used to just be the bubble gum and the fuchsia, and it's mm-hmm, expanded mm-hmm. to now there's yeah. like maybe eight, yeah. I think, new ones. So yeah. You know, it's it's like um, if you are really trying to coordinate colors now yes. and do something striking, you want to just get away from some of those basic reds and yellows and purples. Boy, you can really find it, can't you? The, the new introductions are just really great, and petunias certainly have, have had some great things. You know, in my garden now, the uh, you gave me two daylilies. Yes. One buttered popcorn, which I always admired. It was on next to your street. Uh, Mailbox. Your yard. Mm-hmm. And that is has the biggest, yellowest, most delicious-looking blooms of any daylily I've ever seen. So if people are looking for a new daylily, boy, I would sure recommend buttered popcorn. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got to split mine. Mine are getting to the point where the, the, the clump's getting big, and so they don't produce as abundantly because they get, you know, kind of root-bound, and that's why I... Mm-hmm. Get earlier this spring gave you some and I'm glad to hear that they're blooming already this year but yeah I've had so many comments too when people go by and they just say oh my goodness and then I've got in my pots I've got the the pinky different colors so with that bright I mean it's bright yellow and the pinks it just it it's really striking I you gave me a um, yellow with an orange center or an orange with a yellow center just opened up this morning and, that's and pretty. I have it by the road because I wanted to get full sun but that's where the deer come and eat and I have three different wire cages around it so that they can't get at unless they could get these wire cages off they couldn't eat the, the buds very pretty very 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 pretty I went out and gave it a extra large helping of water I said you know this is great and it's got Really, the flower stalks just have many, many blossoms on them. That's a, that's a lovely plant, too. Now, what was the name of that one, Karen? The cherry cheesecake? Uh, n- no, it's, it's, it, it's the uh, daylily. Oh, you're talking about the daylily. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, you mean, well, the buttered popcorn's the only one I can think of. Yeah, and then you gave me another one. Oh, is it the... Orange with, orange with yellow. Orange with yellow. Oh, yeah, that's the one I don't know the name of, Barb. Okay. Well, I never have, but it's pretty, and I brought it to the fair and everything before. And but it's got like an orange throat with yellow petals around the outside. Yes. Very, very, very striking. That's it. you don't see that combination very often. So yeah, that's really great. I was going to say if people know where I live, drive by the the driveway by the mailbox, and they're all in bloom now. Oh. How exciting. And I pick, this is the other thing I do to keep them looking nicer because daylilies are called daylilies because the, the flower lasts one day is all and then it dries up. So every day I'm picking off those those dried up ones because they sort of mar the appearance of the, the other pretty new blossoms. So I do that every day to keep them looking great. And I know all, everybody doesn't have that kind of time, but it's actually kind of relaxing to do that. Yeah, and I do that too. And you know, they just they just snap right off. And yes. then when uh, the um, flowerscape, when, when all the buds are gone, they've all bloomed, there's nothing left but that spike sticking up, cut that off because that just dries up and it, and it takes away mm-hmm. from the gracefulness of, of the daylily. And here's what I found. I don't know if this is true for all daylilies, but then on some of them, you will get a second bloom. If you fertilize then, you cut off those spent scapes, 
you will get a second bloom. It isn't very significant. Now, like I've bloom. never had that. Are you sure those aren't the ones that say reblooming? Because there are some that are advertised as reblooming, and I'm, I don't are, think, but, yeah. Um, I, you know, on the little, um, oh gosh, what is the name of, of Stella de Oro? I have one that wasn't advertised as a rebloomer. I can't think of the name right now either. And I do that every year. I don't get a lot of bloom on it, but I get a few more spikes. And it just kind of extends things a little bit. I think it's really great. So it's always a good idea, though, to uh, take off the skates and uh, the spent uh, stock and, and to deadhead. That's just, just just one of the things that you have to do. You know, I say every day it's uh, water, mulch, deadhead, and enjoy. That's the four parts of my day with my plants. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. But, you know, if you have a lot of them, it's not just doing that. It's, it's, it seems like it's a lot, doesn't it? It does. It, it helps that, you're, that I'm retired. Yes, I was going to say it really does because I've got these two two big gardens and I'm, you know, working on them. And I wanted to say my my one that I planted with the na- uh, the um, native varieties, have some of them have started to bloom down by my shoreline, including the butterfly weed. I've got the yellow one. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the uh, Rudbeckia are blooming down there and it looks so nice. And then, then we're getting the, the pollinators and you'll notice a lot of pollinators. You'll see caterpillars and butterflies. And I know a lot of people don't like looking at some of the caterpillars and things, but a lot of them will turn into pollinators like whether it's a swallowtail or something. So, you you know, don't yeah. just kill them willy nilly. Make sure you figure out what it is before you think it's bad uh, automatically. I have the native bee balm. Yes. And... Um, it's one of those plants that you buy and you think, I just hope this really is the native and it was grown in our area. And the bees absolutely oh, they, love yes. it. I have it in the front yard. I have it in the backyard. In the back, there's a little more shade. It, it's just, it has 10 to 12 bees on it at a time. In the front where it's with south side, it's the same amount. It doesn't matter if it's in a sunny location or in a little more shady location. Not heavy shade, but, I mean, it is shadier. Right. Uh, they just, they love that plant. And next to it, I have planted the Blazing Star or Leatrice, and they love that, too. They've just, uh, it's like a little buffet line going on out there. And then I have the, the orange Asclepius. Uh, the butterfly weed, I have that with that too. And then I have the milkweed. And it's it's a little pollinator garden, but it's really effective. If you love to see all the different bees and butterflies coming, I have, um, besides the monarchs in the yard, I also have the um, swallowtail, the swallowtail butterfly, and that zips around. And yesterday I found in my watering bucket a um, cicada. It had went in there for a drink and it drowned. Oh. And it was so big. Um, I've never seen a cicada as big as that was. So it was it was dead. And I took it over and, and had my neighbor take a look at it. And he said, yep, definitely. But that was the biggest cicada he'd seen too. And cicadas aren't really harmful. They're just more noisy than anything else. And if you have these big wasps around, they're called cicada wasps. And they actually inject, uh, they sting and lay their eggs in and they actually kill them so you know those wasps are not a bad thing either no but you know what i i had it on a plate and i brought it in my (laughs) house i thought 
I just wanted to keep it around for a while. The wings on it were so amazing. They were just amazing. They were so perfect, and and they had this thin filament between the different that laced them together. It was just it was so wonderful. But you know, after it was in my house about about forty minutes, it started smelling. It had a terrible smell to it. <laughs> So it had to go back outside. Uh, again. Well, when Grant was little, he we would go to every single park and he would put every single cicada, whether they were ones that had come out of their shell, whether they were newly hatched, whether they were just, you know, normal regular ones, and he would put them in a giant container, like a plastic container. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I was in the other room and all of a sudden I heard this of something uh being dumped out on the kitchen table. And I thought, what in the world? So I came out, and there were about 250 cicadas in all forms, ones that had been shed their shells, so dead, alive. And I said, Grant, what are you doing? And he says, I'm just seeing how many are moving to see how many are alive yet. Oh, my goodness. So needless to They didn't smell that good. No, they were terrible. But, you know, when you got boys, you know, that's just part of it. Well, uh, I, w- I was very surprised to see him looking for water and, and that he had drowned. And so I went around. I've got these different watering dishes throughout the yard, and I filled them up this morning because I think everything's going to need a drink of water. You know, one of the bulletins that we got um, from university was a bulletin on uh, GAP. Have you ever heard of that, GAP? Mm. It, it stands for... Um, uh, let's see, let me just get this right here. It stands for Good Agricultural Practices. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. And um, they, they talked about in there how we've, you know, we've read about and heard about the, the lettuce that was contaminated and other vegetables that have been contaminated. And, and the idea here is they have best practices, just like with the coronavirus, there are these scientific-based best practices for, you know, prevention. And they suggested um, a few things that I think are worth mentioning, and I hope we have time for this. Uh, and one was, you know, be sure that you're washing your hands thoroughly with soap and water before you go out and start picking your produce. And it, you know, always if you're if you're going to be giving produce to other people, you know, consider them too. Um, just as with coronavirus, there are some people that are more more at risk. Well, you wouldn't want to be giving somebody a squash that you had handled with dirty hands. So 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 do that. And then the container that you put it in. If you go out and you have a basket or a bucket or something that you always put produce in, be sure that you sanitize that bucket because you don't know as it was standing there waiting for the next time you took it out, you don't know what got in there or what contaminated it. So be careful and do that. And then don't set, if you're using um, uh, a, a basket or a bucket or whatever, don't set it down in the grass. Um, you should set it uh, up on something, like if you had a little stool or something, set it there. Don't put it down on the grass because you don't know if there was uh, uh, bird dropping there, <laughs> bird dropping. Poop. Barb, I've been doing this all wrong forever then. A lot of times I don't even use a bucket. I just take my shirt and pull it out and then I start putting produce in there that's probably cleaner than (laughs) a bucket that hadn't been washed in a long time i suppose 
Yeah. But, and and they're saying like uh, you by setting uh, you have animals that defecate on the grass, you have birds that poop on them, you have all of these things. So you don't know what you're picking up on the bottom of your bucket and dragging into your house. So don't do that either. But it's a a really good article that makes you think about uh, uh, food safety. And this is as, as important, you know, to our health as anything. You don't want to get sick because you got something that was contaminated. And then it talks about, uh, you know, washing all your vegetables then, uh, before you put them in the refrigerator and store them. So um, just a good thing, if you'd like to learn more about that, just go to the Extension's um, email, uh, our webpage, and uh, hit the University of Minnesota, and it's called GAP. So GAP, uh, okay, good to know. Yeah, yeah, good agricultural practices, right, right. So uh, I was, I thought, isn't this interesting how all of a sudden we've become so conscious about spreading disease because of corona, and now we're finally getting to the garden. You know, we've always said, you know, protect your eyes so you don't get an injury or or, or protect your hands with gloves, but we've never thought about the germs of harvesting and how we harvest and how we um, how we store that food. So there's be safe, you know? That's, that is really great advice. Yep, yep, yep. So and, I, oh, um, go ahead. Uh, the other thing is, um, did you notice that <clears throat> our favorite store um, is having a sale today on their tree shrubs and perennials? If you um, are a person who didn't get everything in your garden that you wanted to have, or if you're looking for a shrub or a tree or a perennial, that um, they're on sale now, 30% off. Well, so. I think a lot of garden centers are having that now, but the thing to keep in mind when you're planting anything this time of year, it is very, very hot. And I know sometimes when I'll buy things when it's really hot like this, um, I will actually you know make sure that it's well watered for one thing but i will also add a little shade because sometimes the the sun beating down on it is so hot so let's say you're planting a some type of perennial or or even an annual in in the ground and what i will do then a lot of people i've seen online they'll say why does it look like this it looked great when i got it at the greenhouse well all of a sudden it's put out in you know the wind and everything so i take and make a little um well, sometimes I'll take a box or sometimes I'll take a, a tomato cage and I'll put like burlap just to make it a little protected so it sure. has chance to adjust because chances are when you got it at the greenhouse, it might have been a little more protected. So there are sales out there, but, you know, don't just think you're going to plop it in the ground and it's going to stay good looking like that. It's going to take a little uh, um, time to recover. So that that's really important. You know, you might even be better off if um, to put it in the shade for now and to to water it every day and you can mist it you know with a mm -hmm. hose mist the, the foliage and that and and then when it cools off a little bit uh, uh, later on you could you could plant it then and in the meantime you could dig your hole and prep and improve the soil and get that all ready for you but you don't really have to rush it into the ground especially on a in this kind of weather. You notice the catalogs are out. You can order things for fall because fall is is one of the best times to plant a lot of things as well because it's cooler and you want to make sure you give the plants a chance to, to get a root in the ground. So, you know, the end of August, September is okay to, to get some trees. And I notice that it's bulb season. So a lot of the catalogs and things will have uh, bulbs on sale right now too. So it's something, if you want spring color 
right away. Think about it now, and you can order those or watch for them in your local stores. And uh, those are the things that will be coming up. So you st- and yeah. you can still plant things in the garden bar. We should mention that there's still time. Oh yeah, exactly. You, you know, like your radishes, your kohlrabi. You could get a crop of peas yet. Of course, it's really hot now, right? And um, uh, they're not going to do. They're going to be kind of stalled out at first here. Oh, and also, I had a question. Again, um, I was talking to someone up at the garden, and they were concerned about their onions. They are just falling over now because they're 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 getting done growing. Mm-hmm. So it, you don't you don't have to stomp them over. Uh, they just they just fall over on their own. There's nothing that you did wrong, and uh, and that's just an, a natural thing. When they're done growing, they they just start falling over. It's like our um, iris right now. They're dormant. They're just kind of just looking kind of lethargic in the garden. Well, they're just they're just resting. It's okay. And just I think you need to water, to pick you know. out the onions when after they're done. Like mine, the tops have all dried, and there's just the bulbs in the ground. And I pick them out, and you can just you know store them inside in a. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. If if you give them at least um, ten days in a nice, you don't want sun bake, baking on them. I always put them in my porch. Okay. Uh, put them on newspaper and then cover them with newspaper again, and give them about ten days, and they dry off beautifully, and they get this nice skin. And you leave a piece of the stem on too. Don't cut it too short. Well, don't. They need that. Don't some people hang them in like a, a string? You know, you put them on a string, and you can hang them up mm-hmm. and let them dry too. Yep. If you've got if you've got a few, you can do that, right? You know, I have two hundred onions <gasps> this year. Oh my gosh! So can you imagine drying all of those? <laughs> yeah, I want to. I have a question for you about because I've never really raised garlic. When do you pick your garlic? I know you plant it at different times in the fall, yeah. but when mm-hmm. should you harvest it? Well, you know, it's it's getting da- it's getting there. It's starting to bend over too. You always take off the flower on top because that flower will turn into a seed. Oops. And you know, we keep saying this for everything, but it really takes a lot of energy of any plant, whether it's a vegetable or a flower to let it go to seed. It takes just the energy out of the root. So when with uh, garlic, you should have cut that scape off on top. Not the, not the leaves, but that scape that came up, you should have cut that off. And now the leaves are getting starting to get brown. Mine are starting to look brown too. And, and then when they sort of dry up, then I'll dig them out. And again, they need to be dried for about 10 days, too. Not in the sun. Put them in a place that's warm. Uh, not in a damp basement. Uh, garage, got, maybe? A garage is great. A, yeah, a garage is a great place. To spread them out in newspaper. Don't let them touch each other. And let them dry off really well. And, uh, and then you're all set to go. It's, it's, it's very, very easy. Don't take them out of their wrappers. You know, they, they, each one should just stay together the way it is until you use it. Well, Barb, we are out of time, but you know what? I hope you have a great day, and I, I, I encourage everyone to stay out of the, the temps because we've got that heat advisory right. from noon today until Saturday at 8 p.m., so it's not a good time to be out. And just make sure you water your container plants is, is one and of And the, the ultraviolet is at its highest today from 12 noon till 4 o'clock. So don't go running, rushing out after lunch today and think you're not going to get sunburned because you will, because the ultraviolet is really still high till 4 o'clock this afternoon. Thanks, Barb. We always appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.